we're going to begin this podcast with an introductory interview with the uh, our doomsayer and the uh, host of this podcast, Morgan Rogers. So first, Morgan, I have to ask you, before we talk about the podcast, how did you get into role-playing games? I first encountered role-playing games through listening to The Adventure Zone, which is a Dungeons & Dragons podcast, primarily. They've gone through some other game systems since I started listening, but I've been listening to The Adventure Zone for years. It made me want to try playing role-playing games. It meant that I ended up organizing a bunch of role-playing games, um, and almost all of the games that I've organized have ended up being online, international, um, through Discord uh, sessions. So this podcast is no different. I'm living in France. Uh, my partner, Aker, is living in Italy. And the three other current party members, including yourself, are in the UK most of the time. I can confirm this. So what made you, what point did you take the leap from listening to role-playing podcasts and setting up games to wanting to um, found and uh, host a podcast in your own right? I decided a few years ago now that I wanted to do this. I'd been listening to The Adventure Zone and some other narrative podcasts and really enjoying the collaborative storytelling on the one hand and the um, direct interaction with your audience when you're the person that is pulling the strings behind the scenes. Um, I had some experience running sessions before this, as I mentioned, and... Again, as I can confirm. I had some ideas, so the, the, the first series of sessions I, I ran uh, involved uh, some teleportation stones, uh, which were these massively overpowered artifacts that all of the players received very early on in, in their game. And I had in mind that th this would be explored as a mechanic um, and exploited. Uh, but in the end, that's, that's not how it went. Like Most of the times that players uh, actually used these stones, it was after me reminding them that they had them and they could make the tasks that they were facing much easier. So... In A Bell Chimes, I had another idea uh, that I want to explore, but this time the focus is really on the party, the adventure, and not relying on the actions of the, the players to uncover my plans, you know, using the natural flow of the narrative to reveal piece by piece what I've been hiding all this time. And I'm hoping that's going to lead to something more exciting. So what is it about uh, Best Left Buried that made you want to choose, well, made you choose this as the platform to use for running this podcast, as opposed to any of the other the, uh, role-playing game systems that you, have, that you have run? One of the games that I participated in was run by Ben, who is now Hello. very kindly interviewing me. Um, and Ben used Best Left Buried because of his involvement in the system. And there are a bunch of things that I like about it uh, over better-known systems like uh, Dungeons & Dragons, for instance. Firstly, the simplicity of the mechanics. Obviously, other simple game systems out there, but this was the, the first one that I'd encountered, like, actually using, which wasn't a one-shot adventure design. The fact that it included, amongst the mechanics, a, a way for there to be psychological consequences of the actions of the players and you know in Dungeons and Dragons the aim is to for the players to feel heroic and to be able to easily recover 
um, as long as they don't die, they will typically recover to full strength and power. And um, the the challenge comes from ever escalating power levels in in the threats that they're encountering. And you know that increasingly epic staging is can be very exciting, but it's not very nuanced. Like people get more and more familiar with how the game works and, and have a lot of fun exploring what the possibilities are in, in that direction. But from a narrative point of view, I wanted something that enabled there to be serious consequences. We, we've ended up taking it in a lighthearted direction because, you know, it's more fun to be able to joke around with your friends. But these mechanics still mean that those consequences can be explored from like a third person perspective where it's not the players that are suffering but their characters are and i'm looking forward to seeing where that leads yes i seem to recall that in some of the games that best left buried uh i ran some of them were defined i suppose by the brutality with which we treated uh players precious characters that i think is a contrast to the way that other systems often end up functioning yeah so uh, what are your highs and lows of the podcast so far? The primary one for me, uh, as the Doomsayer, has been that I haven't had to manipulate the direction of things in the sense that the setup in Best Left Buried is that the characters are crypt diggers, so they, they have a, a mission, which is already a lot more directed than I've m- managed to be with previous games that I've run. And in particular, um, that the players have not yet missed anything. Everything that Ben and I have planned um, has appeared in the story so far. And, you know, obviously, there's bound to be loose ends sooner or later because you want pe- players to be role-playing rather than exhaustively searching everything every space that you put in front of them um but having that work pay off is is what is pretty satisfying and is there a is there a low yeah i'm quite disappointed that the wolves haven't been that effective so far effective in what sense like in in killing killing the players yeah i mean obviously it's disappointed there has not there has not yet been a character. Yeah, I, I mean, I've I haven't given them too much of a challenge. They've only ha- they've only had to face one of the time so far, but the the fact that they have managed to deal several critical hits to these wolves, yeah, it's it's a bit disheartening. I want I want to present the players with a with a challenge. So, finally, what one piece of advice would you give? Well, what what pieces of advice would you give to listeners? who are A, planning to act as Doomsayer in a game of Best Left Buried, and to listeners who might want to begin a podcast in which they act as Doomsayer in a game of Best Left Buried? For playing the game, um, I'd say have fun thinking about the monsters that you want to present your characters with. And take every opportunity to um, describe in gruesome detail the the horrors that the players encounter, because that's what this game system is all about. And consequences, loads of consequences. Uh, as far as starting a podcast is concerned, I used the McElroy's book, podcasting book. Everyone has a podcast except you. Thanks, McElroy's, for that. It's very light-hearted read, and in particular uh, makes light of the overhead that's required to start a podcast. It's really a lot of work uh, to get to get the ball rolling, but I I think things are going to go a lot more smoothly from here. And I wouldn't have believed it was possible. I might not have followed through if it hadn't been for that good advice. So I guess I'd recommend that book. As well as, of course, Best Left Buried Deeper, the Doomsayer's Guide. 
Fantastic. Well, thank you very much, Morgan. And with that, let's get on with the show. Ooh. Last time, our adventurers found themselves deep in a cave, whose walls, ceilings, and floors are smooth and slightly slight. More specifically, they had come across two shepherds known to be lost to the wolves, and right at the end of the episode, having fought off some wolf fetuses, they came across the beleaguered Erewhon tank, beside himself in grief and with little remaining of his sanity, who was just in the process of bathing the top of his head with acid. Roll a grip check. I haven't even said anything yet. God damn. This is the second grip check this guy's cost us. This game's great. I don't think I passed the grip check. I think I I, I lost a grip. This is is the first one I've ever failed. This okay, Mabel rolled a four plus one is a five, not enough. Oh, no, my apologies. Uh, that's what Josh rolled on behalf of Victor Von Thorn. Victor Von Thorn rolled a... One and a three. Four. No, wait, you have plus one, Well, a, a five total. Yeah. Same div. Mabel rolled a seven total. Caradon rolled a... What's your will, Jamie? Uh, six. Sorry? Two. <laughs> <laughs> Wait. Yeah, it's worth, it's worth a try. Mine? No, no. You isn't the first one total, mine? Huh? No, it, the first one is mine. So I lost the grip. Uh, but the order that I got it in is you rolled a 12. To me, it's first me, then Jamie. Oh, well, you're, you're after like the previous ones that I've mentioned. Yeah, that's what I see as well. Uh, well, would you rather lose a grip? No, no, I'm good. <laughs> okay. I can't lose one. <laughs> I see a 12 plus 3 for you, which is really inconsiderate. Um... Uh, no, no, it's a, it's a will check, and she doesn't have oh, it as well. So. Yeah, okay. It's, it's just a flat 12, you know? Oh, just, just a, a 12. <laughs> just a flat, perfect success. <laughs> and Vitellius rolled a 4 plus... What's the modifier, Ben? Uh, Vitellius is 1 for will. Plus one is a five. So not enough. So um, everyone other than Anchor failed that grip check. Wow. I, I, who knew uh, that? After seeing this poor, poor old man uh, removing his own hair with acidic ectoplasm. I mean, that seems reasonable. Didn't, you, didn't, didn't I give yeah. out a grip check for like spiders, was it? I, I can't remember. What was that? Else? Anyway, don't. <laughs> okay. Um, I think I'm used to it, and the main reason why I didn't—I—I I did a great job at this because you know, bagel, bagel believers. You see this, you see this all the time. Okay. Anyone want to uh, react in character to the, to this scene? Oh my! Oh my God! What the fuck is he doing? That's disgusting. <laughs> disgusting. <laughs> Can I believe this? Can I believe this? Oh my god! I'm sorry, Ben. That was that was very good. I shouldn't have found it so funny. It's just an accent. (laughs) (laughs) That poor man. Um. Well, Anka, since you passed the grip check, roll an observation check as you. Coolly oh. survey the scene. Okay, was two d six, right? So uh, Anka rolled a seven, which is technically a fail. But I 
will nonetheless draw your attention to something even if I don't give you any information. So one thing that is missing from this room are the wolf fetuses that you pursued down here after only stopping to fend off a wolf and uh, pick up the unconscious and one-handed shepherd. But illuminating the room is this yellow glowing stream that separates you from Erewhon and the back wall, and which seems to be moving. Oh Not God. in the way that water in a stream flows, but more like as if it's alive, or there are living things pressed against the surface, hidden only by the faint glow. This is unnatural. Oh my god. Erewhon wants the wolf like, all along. It, it sounds like a living flat taurus. Is, um, how is, how is um, Tank doing? Is he like, is he dead now that he's stuck his head in the acid? Or is he just like... Uh, he's not dead. Uh, his hair has fallen out. He is just on his knees kind of trembling. And uh, as the acid drains from the top of his scalp, you can see it's, it's kind of burned and ravaged and almost seems to be releasing smoke in places. Right. Um, but he's muttering in a fervent high pitch to himself under his now breath. I, I'm, I'm not being um, funny, everyone, but um, should be, we... Clean, clean myself. Should we um, put, him, put him out of his misery? Once the, um, what's everyone's viewpoint on that? Where do we stand on? Uh, is there anything we can do to help him? At least give him a piece of bagel before you... No bagel. No bagel. I, I, don't th- I, don't bagel? I don't think he wants any. Erwan's bagels lie strewn about his feet. Also, any bagels I ate, I ate a long time ago. My bagel days are behind me. I haven't known the warm touch of a bagel in many moons. You shouldn't say things like that. It's dangerous. Can you have one this morning? Oh, it just feels... I, I mean, in, in how game did you, time. How do you know my evening? <laughs> um, <laughs> who well, said te- that? <laughs> technically, I did. I, I had a bagel, Turkish bagel, today. I had a donut today. There you go. We are the true believers. Come on, on task, people. I had one of those um, party ring things, you know, for icing. <laughs> Close enough. Sorry. I mean, honestly, the the... The scene of all the bagels being strewn about the floor is more disturbing to my character than seeing Erwan in his current state. It, you Are you know. saying you want to roll another grip check? Or? check. No, I'm, I'm saying that's what disturbed <laughs> him so much. Is uh, um, I fair enough? The sight of this this strong bagel believer abandoning his 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 face. This, this river does not look. I think we should uh, back away. I think we should uh, retrace our steps. There's nothing good for us here. No, I, I, I think at least one of us or two of us should go and check. Uh, what the heck? Can we that, set fire to the river? Fingers? Hmm. Well, I can, I can shoot an arrow if we can, like, put something. It's like a molotov, a molotov cocktail. We can make one. Burn. Do we have any vodka? We had some alcoholic stuff, I think. Good thing I've got your character sheets here so I can check your equipment lists. Which, of course, you'll have filled out. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Oh. Looks like none of you are carrying anything. What a shame. Oh, that was complacent. Well, I know I, I don't have anything to create a flame, so... Well, we are in uh, a cave. We can, we can just grab... Well, you, you have what you need to light a torch. Uh, haven't we already got a torch lit, right? We, we have I want to a stick torch. it in the river. Um, oh, you have a torch lit, do you? I thought we did. Interesting. Who's, uh, yeah. who's carrying the torch? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did. I am. Uh, all right, Anchor, roll a wit check. <laughs> cool. Again. You're welcome. As if you haven't had enough acid on your face already. It's a six plus three, which is a success. Um, you remember just in time the effect of this flame on the slimy ceiling and jump to the side just as a large glob of liquefied acid drops to where you were standing. Well, hang on, we've had, we've had the torch 
all along, right? When did it become acidified? Uh, within the last six feet was when the so so I, the the slime on the walls and ceiling you could deduce um, originates from this stream puddle pool of slime. Um, it seems to creep up along the walls, slightly dissolving um, everything as it as it creeps up, um, and because you're in a room in a part of the cave containing this pool that creep has happened here too that doesn't extend as far back as the the previous chamber where you were fighting the wolf fetuses and then the already injured wolf so um anchor realizing that this danger is uh problematic now what do you do with that torch hmm i mean i i i I think I can still throw it, to, right? We can still throw it, yeah. Well, very carefully. This acid drip from the ceiling isn't like instantaneous. It's just if you hold the torch in one place for more than ten seconds or so. Yeah. Okay. I'll I'll be quick. So I'm gonna throw the torch. Okay. You're throwing a torch at at the pool to the edge of the pool. Uh. At the pool. Alright. All in, baby. Yeah. All in. Not the edge. I'm not uh, gonna make you um that seems a bit that. you're close dangerous. you're close enough that you could just like carefully place it if you were if Yeah, don't if you don't, were careful about it. I so, don't want any scars on my face. I'm already a scar face. Yeah. Oh and the effect on, on your muscular shoulders, what a shame. <laughs> so you throw your torch at this pool. And the first thing that happens is the flame illuminates beneath the surface, where you see that this writhing movement is created by the wolf fetuses. They seem to be traveling through the stream, several currents of them going in different directions under the surface. And traveling through it, not like fish swimming through water, um, but more like bacteria swimming through a, a fluid, propelling themselves by deforming the backs of their gelatinous bodies. You even see one that seems to be carrying a, a fish in gooey appendages um, as it follows its um, companions in this stream. My God. And then the torch sinks a little into the surface of the liquid as it melts the surface. And you see the movement of these wolf fetuses become frenzied. Uh, several of them rise to the surface and surround the flame. And even as they do so, it begins to splutter and um, bubbles rise around it. And a few of them splash Erwan, who um, doesn't visibly seem to react in pain, but shuffles backwards on his knees away from the edge, cowering, not in fear, but seeming to seek some privacy from this spectacle. My God, that's horrific. And then... Indeed. Two things happen very in very quick succession. The entire surface of this liquid seems to burst open as if it's releasing a, a thinner liquid within. Uh, but what's actually happened is that the surface has heated up enough that the viscous properties have changed in the way that you've seen before in, on the wolf hair that, you, that Erewhon discovered outside um, and in the liquefaction from the ceiling. And because the surface of the pool is raised by these wolf fetuses underneath, this acid begins to flow off the surface to either side, flowing towards you and towards Erewhon. The second thing that happens is three wolf fetuses jump up onto the surface and drag this, what remains of this torch, down into the goo, where it very quickly gets extinguished. Uh, so since... Anchor and Caradun are 
arbitrarily the, the closest to this scene. Uh, both of you take a wit check. And Ben, I guess you can do one for Erewhon as well. Although, that will be against the odds. Alright. So Anchor got a 7 plus 3 is a 10. Nifty got an 11 plus 2, which is a 13. Yep. Both of them succeed. And step quickly back, also pushing back their companions away from this wave of liquefied ectoplasm. Tribe set was a close one. Everyone, on the other hand, isn't so lucky. Rolled a 5 plus 1 total. I think everyone has one wit. Is that right? That's, that's right, as far as I remember. And he rolls a six and doesn't react fast enough as this wave of acid laps over his legs and he cries out in pain as the skin is almost instantly dissolved. He can no longer stand. <laughs> okay. I don't think that counts as putting him out of his misery, but I think we, we learned a lot. He's in substantially more misery now. Um, has anyone got a bow or anything? Like, is he is he actually dead or is he? My fellow fellow bigger believer. Arrow Arrowan is very much alive. Okay, just sort of like rocking back and forth now. Okay. Uh, well, that didn't really tell us anything. Um, apart from you don't throw, don't do that again. <laughs> well, I'm not sure they love fire. No. But they, hmm. we're now without a lantern. Uh, I mean, we've got more torches, so we can light oh, another one okay. when we leave this area. But uh, yeah, have we done everything that we want to hear? Um, um, Victor, roll an observation check. Okay. I don't think. All right. Victor takes one last conclusive look over the despairing scene of Arawan Tank and the acid stream through which the wolf fetuses swim and decides that it's not worth you staying here any longer. He turns around and leads the way for the six adventurers to march out of the cave. Come on, everyone. I think, I think we must leave Mr. Tank for now. He's, uh, we can't do anything for him now. Well, what about the, the wolves in the stream? Um, I'm not sure. It's like a living organism. Um, they're definitely in their element. I feel like any placenta. So maybe if we don't touch them and find a way to go over. Has everyone rolled an observation check in this room? No, I think Caradon didn't get a chance. Right? You can roll, roll one more if you like. All right, finally a successful one. Just as everyone else is leaving. Caradon notices that washed up in this wave of liquefied acid are the unmistakable parts of a couple of these wolf fetuses that seem to have been destroyed in the um, incandescence caused by Anchor's torch. Ah, so did you Was there something else I wanted to tell you? I'm sure there was. What are their weaknesses? And um... they work too hard. Yeah, people please them. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> their greatest weakness. They work too hard. Yeah, they're too <laughs> punctual. <laughs> too detail oriented. Attention to detail. yeah, they're they're too enthusiastic about teamwork. I guess. Um, all right. So the other thing I wanted to observe is that. Um, now, you know what? Uh, Anchor's torch revealed that the wolf fetuses were in this stream and that they are swimming. There are enough of them visible that you know that they must be swimming from this to some other chamber or, or area, possibly to collect something. Who knows? Um, but this pool that is before you isn't an isolated pool of goo. It's connected to the other larger pools that you've mm-hmm. seen. Right. It's part this of the, the greater Goover. Yes. The greater goo. The greater goo. Uh, I wonder if you've got a um, source. Like, 
it's probably not a very good sauce. <laughs> very spicy. Well, it is like honey, right? Hot, so, hot sauce. Um, it's like honey, but but backwards. Re- like reverse honey. No, honey it's is also put like... back into bees. So <laughs> it is extremely acidic honey. You could sort of glaze a unglaze a ham in it. <laughs> <laughs> I think we've done the reverse honey bit before, so. I think yeah, it was an epic callback. Yeah. Um, okay, so are the the parts of the wolf fetuses uh, are they things that have been destroyed by the torch, or are they? Do we get the impression that there are just kind of parts of fetuses floating in the stream? They've been destroyed by the torch. Okay, so they don't like fire. Probably. Indeed. Um. But it's kind of a double-edged situation. Yeah. The the acid that is released by the fire will also hurt you. If you're not careful. I mean, you can't make an omelette without reverse honey. <laughs> of course. It's one of the main ingredients in any omelette. How about this? Since I have a longbow, if we can try to make some like a flamey arrow, that might be I mean, less dangerous for us. The thing is that I think there are so many, the impression I get is that there are so many fetuses in this stream, which is not a sentence <laughs> I, I love, um, that we'd just kind of be wasting arrows. Yeah, there's little point in um shooting arrows into a stream of viscous goo anyway um but anchor roll a wit check this not for, as a reaction this time just to work out a potentially useful plan you rolled a nine plus three which is a 12. imagine asking so, anchor to roll a wit check i mean you might as well just carry on with the plan i know right a plan which occurs to anchor after her initial idea of the flaming arrows, is that this goo, unnatural as it is, must indeed have some kind of source. Delicious. And so if you can cut off the source, these creatures seem like, given that they spend most of their time within the goo, they're unlikely to survive very long if that source is interrupted. So, so if it you is can like find... a placenta. It's just... Well, maybe amniotic fluid would be more appropriate because babies don't live in the placenta. What? No. What? I mean, yeah, I mean, someone's been giving you false that's information. That's news to me. Babies live, in, babies live in the stomach. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> baby so much acid. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. See, Do we know which she is stored in the balls? <laughs> so wait, are they feeding from the the, the stream? Then which way does which way does the stream right? flow? Is it left to right or right to left? Because of the movement of the fetuses within it, again, I, I was briefly desensitized to the idea of um, wolf fetuses swimming through a stream, but uh, that is pretty horrific. Fetuses um, in the stream, this is who we are. <laughs> <laughs> Baby, you and me. <laughs> I mean, you did. Are we going to uh, take another grip check? <laughs> No, we're fine with this. Um, so you did paint a picture of like them forming flagella and kind of swimming <laughs> as as fetuses, which yep. which is interesting. Um, but yeah, I I did consider the the source of the honey. Um, yeah, if we know which way it's flowing in, we can just go the other way. Uh, well, from a quick 
lay of the land check, you've been going downhill most of your time in this cave, yeah. which means that the part of the stream that you're currently looking at is definitely below the pool that you distantly saw earlier, and so it must be flowing on the map from left to right, which is from west to east. So we've got to go back um, up. Where a bit. You've got to go back up. Well, I mean, that kind of depends on what shape the earth is, right? Because if it's flowing around the bagel, um, you know, from the inside out, then that's different to uh, kind of round the, the surface of the bagel, right? With our own gone, there's any, uh, there's any anchor to answer that kind of question. Well, the, I mean, technically, you will arrive to the same point, but the, the journey will be longer depending on, on which direction you want to go. Uh, yes, the parable of the river on the bagel. It's entirely heretical, I tell you. <laughs> <laughs> journey to the center of the bagel. Um, all right, kids, uh, your next obstacle as you retreat, leaving Arowan a acid-soaked mess behind you, is the ledge beneath which you found Mabel and um, Harold in the first place. Okay, so we need to get back up. Yeah, I guess climb back up the ledge, okay. right? Um, yeah, we left the road, didn't we? Just for this very eventuality. Yep. That was a different ledge, I'm afraid. Man, how many ledges are there in this cave? Wait. It's not my fault I'm a legend. Oh, damn, it was. Oh, this was just um, the, the slight slope. Well, not slight. That's just a drop, wasn't it? No, this is, big, this is actually bigger than the other ledge. Um, but, you know, there are, there are four of you. You can teamwork it. Pyramid. Just um, all of you do brawn checks to see how this teamwork goes. Are we going to form a human pyramid? Okay, let's let's make a human pyramid. Luckily, Victor von Braun. Victor von. <laughs> Call me Victor von Braun. Oh shit! <laughs> I wrote a five, ladies and gents. Uh, five plus two is a seven, which is definitely a failure. Meanwhile, we have a nine plus one for Nifty. Yeah. Uh, <clears throat> I mean, Caradon. Yes. Which is a definite success. Mabel rolled a three plus. It doesn't matter. That's a fail. No, that was me. Uh, you're right. Anchor rolled a three plus one, which is definitely a failure. Mabel similarly failed with a two plus one, I guess. Mm -hmm. uh, and Vitellius did scarcely better with a five plus zero. Zero. So, um, yeah, great teamwork, guys. Well, it's going to be um, like the beginning. Is it? Caradon takes the, the lead and, and uh, pull myself up before everyone else. Pulls himself up, reaches, reaches an arm down, and confidently grabs Harold. But with um, a complete lack of teamwork on on the lower side of the ledge, um, it's just dead weight hanging on the end of your arm. Yeah. Oh, it's gonna be like the, the beginning of the Avengers film. Like they're not, they're not coherent. They're not all working together. But you just you wait. We're gonna have that one bit when they're all fighting in New York and they the camera zooms around them in the circle. That's gonna we're aiming for that. Yeah, we're gonna get that. And we'll have that Civil War bit as well. No, not that. Not that no, <laughs> I didn't really understand it, so I was given that. No, sorry, you've invoked the Avengers now. Oh, the no. full canon will Disney unroll. Disney is coming for us. <laughs> Hello, Pluto. He's here. <laughs> okay, um, plan B. So what, what's the situation? I'm still up on the ledge and then everyone else is down below. Yeah, bickering about how you're going to lift Harold up even while um, Caradon is holding... Harold's arm. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, Harold's just hanging. Okay. I could probably put Harold down, right, first. Um, do you have any rope? Do any of us... Oh. Well, you've, you've gone to the trouble of carrying him around. It's, it seems a shame to put him down now. <laughs> I mean, I I'm just, he's just option. hanging off my arm, it's right? It's just a kindness. Um, <laughs> you didn't even manage to put Erewhon down. Like... No, yeah, he's just burnt. I mean... <laughs> yeah, I, f I feel like we, we could have done something there, but... You live and you learn. 
Yeah. Okay, um, okay. Jamie. Um, sorry, Jamie. Do you have any rope? Uh, probably. Yeah, you still have rope. Yeah, you didn't use yours in the. Okay, carried in. Yeah. So I think very puzzle earlier. I think we could make a some kind of um a hoist rope rope hoist stretcher thing. Yeah, just all right. If you tie it around his like waist, maybe. Let's not overthink this, guys. Um, you know what? How uh, high is it? I'll. Does one of you have an ad hoc plan that you can just? Well, if it's if it's not too high, propose. can can we just like. Give people legs up to the ledge, and then Jamie, sorry, carried in, grabs them. Yeah, I believe I established it was about 10 feet. Okay, so not that. No, no, I mean, that's small enough that if you give someone a leg up, they can, or you get a running jump, okay. then you can. I'm starting to picture how high 10 feet is, but yeah. Well, I'm six feet tall. So one, so, one and a bit of you. Let me check how high a basketball hoop is. Are we going to dunk on the ledge? We're gonna dunk Harold. <laughs> now, if I go far enough and throw him, I'll get a three pointer. Yeah, ten feet. I was right. Cool. Nice. Okay. Right. Okay. So I'm, gonna, I'm gonna give everyone legs up. Okay, we're gonna dunk Harold from the from the rope. We make a net. Right, and, everyone. Um, we find a hoop. Right, everyone. I'm gonna give you a leg up. Okay. But you do have the remains of a wolf there. Um... I, I mean, we could use the wolf as a, a step, but. Yeah, right. That reduces it to nine feet. That's pretty good. <laughs> that lessening. Isn't it covered in goo? Yeah, it's gross. Obviously, but no, not can, because can... gross. It's still acid. That Could you kind of try and use the wolf as a springboard, like jump and <laughs> sort of bounce up? Just, I'm, I'm offering you guys a leg up, and you're trying to bounce off dead acidic walls. <laughs> <laughs> this is how much trust that people put in your legs up. <laughs> oh. It's like that book by Kazuo Ishiguro, right. Remains of the Wolf. After 10 to 15 minutes of <laughs> discussion and litigation, you come up with a system where Victor has one foot on the carcass of a wolf, <laughs> giving reason. everyone else legs up to the ledge, and then Victor ties a rope around Harold, around Harold's waist, kind of harness style, and carefully helps him uh, as the others pull him up from the top of the ledge. I mean, um, Victor, roll one more brawn check to to get up yourself. Sure. Really, it's a it's a foolproof plan. Why 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 is my foot on this one? <laughs> oh, for God's sake! <laughs> Just to give you a bit of height. Out of three. Okay, we'll we'll come back from later and. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. Goodbye, Mabel. Victor has to wait a further a further few minutes maybe, while maybe he can find some more wolves to stack on top of this one. <laughs> Can make a little staircase of, of dead wolves. We could use the acid. I'm just imagining. The, you could use the acid to carve steps out in the uh, in the ledge, as it were. You just eroded the time lapse of this. Yeah, I feel like that might take a while. I, I had in my mind all of you getting pitchforks out and and like an army of wolves coming and you just like flipping them over you. With your pitchforks to form a a, a stack that Victor can climb. I mean, that was the plan. Um, there, there don't seem to be uh, like fifty wolves running at us right now, so, which is a, a blessing there, and there a curse. Some just help me out. <laughs> yeah, no. The only consequence of that failed brawn check is that Victor has to wait several more minutes while Harold is untied in order for the rope to be free and for the others to pull him up. Or just give him a rope to to cling to in order to get up to this ledge. Valuable minutes. Valuable minutes, indeed. The poor man's so shaken by what he's seen, he can't even pull himself up. Well, you know, it, it, it's hard to get up in the morning. So I mean, we're all in morning. Being deep in a cave, what for slimy? No, <laughs> for Erwan. He's not that. Our yet. friend and companion. He's he's. He's functionally um, gone. Right. Um, there's one more avenue that we haven't explored yet. Indeed. There's a path to our right. Glowing ominously. Okay. Lead the way, my dear Victor. Okay. It's time to put a stop to this wolf fetus gooey menace. 
Once and for all. Very snappy. Yeah. I'm a, I'm a knight, I'm not a poet. Uh, so Mabel has Harold on her back again, and the rest of the adventurers form a train in front of her um, to explore this tunnel. Victor proceeds cautiously, since you haven't lit an, a new torch and you don't know how far you can go without activating the ceiling goo, so to speak. Um, I'm just a very cautious person anyway. Um, yeah. Victor, that's, he's renowned for his care. Yeah. Uh, I tried to come up with some wordplay on Victor von Thorn, but Victor Forlorn. Mm, that's not it. It's not appropriate, but I'll put that in the back pocket. I'm definitely <laughs> calling episode five "Activate the Ceiling Goo." I think that's, that's a great episode title. <laughs> I'm glad you said it out loud, so you'll remember later. Exactly. That's why I said it out loud. Buy milk. Yeah. So when I, I listen to this podcast later, <laughs> I'm ready to buy milk. <laughs> Do you guys mind if I cut the podcast or just leave myself recording? <laughs> yeah. I just want to get one in while we're at it. Edit podcast. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, as long as we keep producing episodes, that will always be relevant. I always need milk, right? All right. Do some push-ups. Uh, <laughs> that was not a note to self that was just instructions instruction to the, to the audience yeah, just, this is okay I'm just going to roll a brawn check <laughs> okay during this next section I want you to give me 10 we'll, we'll do some, some a healthy lifestyle yeah, we'll do some funny role play and you get down and give me 10 10 what? Um, I'll have to wait and see 10 bottles of milk <laughs> it's a good thing we told you to buy milk before <laughs> so Victor is the first to arrive at the next section of this stream of viscous goo, which blocks his path. You've just come through a narrow, mostly unlit tunnel, but which you were able to make your way through um, unaided because the light from this glowing stream reflected off the smooth walls. Just enough for you to make out um, where you were placing your feet. Opposite, on the other side of the stream, is a narrow walkway. And on the right-hand side, this, the, the, wall that, the wall of the tunnel continues across this stream. The stream tunnels underneath it. Um, and the wall continues to a small chamber, which you can't get a good view into from this side of the stream. I guess Victor also makes the connection, which the players can see on the map in front of them, that um, this stream connects continuously to the section of the stream that they saw earlier when they were climbing down the remains of the ladder from the first ledge they encountered. <laughs> the third in the trilogy by Kazuo Isiguro. <laughs> what? The remains, of the, uh, the remains of the ladder. Um, you've read a book called <laughs> Remains of the Day. And the remains of the wolf, you said earlier. I'm afraid we, ha- we have a limit for Kazu Ishiguro quotes or um, never, references never let in the podcast. Goo. References. Never let me go. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I laughed, but I didn't get the reference either. Yes, okay. <laughs> All right, so you're in single file in this, in this section of tunnel. Um, Victor, eyeing up the scene in front of him, establishes or determines that it's too wide for someone who's carrying someone on their back to jump over. Ah. You're also quite conscious of the fact that this cave is connected enough that if you make any large amount of noise here, then it could alert the wolves that you saw sleeping, I guess, a few hours ago now in the first chamber that you came across. Yes. Are there any fetuses floating in this pool, in this stretch of the river? You lean over and take a close look, and you see that indeed there do seem to be some. Damn. Okay. Um, 
it looks it looks as though uh, Mabel that you won't be able to surpass this jump. I'm afraid, not with Harold weighing you down. Oh no. Okay, what are we gonna do? Well, you must try and be strong without me, but um, I will return. Have no fear. Wait, what? <laughs> I, I thought we could uh, go back around. What? <laughs> should, what should, do you mean? Shouldn't we go? Like the whole cave is connected, right? We could just go back. Right. Around. So you want to go go back in the loop? Can't we just use Slimy's body as a bridge? Or, <laughs> <laughs> or just step on wolf fetuses across the river. You guys are obsessed with stacks of dead things. <laughs> Human it's just like Frogger. Yeah. Okay, okay. So we don't have to spit up. Maybe go around in the loop and then end up... Uh, well, just where the... You mean back the way we came through all the square tunnels? And... It's an option. Yeah, I think without Erwan, I think I'm less confident in just uh, planning forwards and hoping for the best. Yeah, okay, yeah. fair enough. Okay. Uh, okay, before you turn around, um, Victor, since you're the one at the head of the party, mm-hmm. make an observation check. Will do. Come on. Big roll. No, it was a five. It was a five. Sorry, guys, right. a doom is all... Um... Do I get carried on to make one? Nope. That's it. Okay. So rather than making you play through uh, all of that cave system, um, I'm going to do a time skip. Bing bong. I'm sure Jamie will put in a good sound effect. Right. <laughs> I just yeah. put in the, uh, the Batman one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder what the copyright is. Oh, you don't need to put that. one in now because my rendition was perfect. Okay, yeah. Um, all right. Returning through the man-made cave system that Vitalius recognizes and despairs at the sorry state of. Oh, yeah. Oh, my Lord. That'll what be. the decay? Um, you come to the crevice in, in the wall uh, which is connected to the entrance of the cave that you originally came through. Um, it's a tight squeeze, and in Vitalius's time, it was covered by a um, a carpet to obscure it from being discovered from the other side. But that carpet is long gone, and I remember one of you working out the connection with the with the front of the cave. I tell you this in case you want to use the try and any of you want to try and squeeze through this uh, or if you're going to carry on back to the main part of the cave would now be a good time to try and get um mabel and harold out before we have to find them on wolves i'm i'm assuming they are they're pretty small i mean harold's missing parts of his body so he's he can probably get through <laughs> could we not yeah, widen I mean, the uh in the passage by using acid to reverse honey. You have acid. to collect some. Although, ooh, this is this will test your uh, episodic memory, so to speak. Um, Sir Arthur Estricar had a vial of this ectoplasm. Do you remember if he gave it to one of you? I don't believe he did. Oh, yeah. I distinctly remember him giving us. I remember it like it was several months ago. He said, Victor, you look like I a rem- good I man. I remember it too. <laughs> <laughs> he said, All right. You're a great and noble man. It's I dangerous to go alone. Take, take this. this ectoplasm. It will show you the way when all other light is lost. <laughs> okay, in order to use the acid in that way, you'd have to collect some. Um, and we, we probably don't have any suitable... I feel like that would just make the tunnel more dangerous because then you would have to squeeze through the acid as well. Delicious. Um, 
Um, Mabel, give it a go. Should also remind you that you picked up a um, hammer and chisel in this particular cave system. We did. Yes, I also remember that. Uh, okay. Um, we, but wouldn't that make some noise? We are. Uh, you're in a part of the cave where it doesn't matter too much because you established that the walls wouldn't be able to access this part. Yeah, okay. it's not easily. They're blocked in army by all the rocks and stuff. Do any of us have a poster of Rita Hayworth? <laughs> <laughs> I always carried with me at all times. And, and a spoon. <laughs> um, no, we could try, we could try using the, um, the hammer and chisel. It might be more efficient than the, than the spoon method. Yeah, we're not in prison now. Okay. For yourself. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, yeah, we could try. We could try some widening. Yeah, I think we should. I mean, Vic, Victor is obviously the brawniest one, as yeah, evidenced right. by um, recent events. Yeah. So but it, maybe he should try. I'll give it a go, but I feel like it's more like got more finesse. Is this going to be a brawn check or a a wit check or a? I think you're just trying to lop off any. Bits of the edge of this crevasse that you can. Okay, I'm good at lopping off, lopping off bits. Uh, so, oh, I run a seven plus two is nine. Yeah, we're in business. All right. Victor von Thorn takes some determined wax of the hammer on the metal chisel, um, and cracks quickly begin to show in this ancient limestone surface, and. It isn't long before you've managed to remove a few chunks just around this crevice, enough to make it a bit easier for someone to squeeze through, and in particular to make it easier for someone to pull someone else through. That's what I was going for in my... All right. Success. Now, no, you know what? Let's uh, <clears throat> get to a more convenient location before I, before I give you that particular tidbit. Oh, oh good. Um, why don't right. why don't Maud and Harold go through the gap? And Maud, I mean, Maud, did you call did you call her Maud? <laughs> Maud wasn't isn't that her name? Oh, Mabel, that's it. Good um, sir. I'll cut that. That's fine. Um, <laughs> I mean, the the only thing is, do we want to go in? first and check or send someone first to check that it actually goes out of the cave because i think we should stay in the cave because our job is to yeah you know do something about the wolves although you know it's good information we could we could go back but um we could stay in the cave and but we need to check that they're not going to just die on the way out i think the listeners want us to stay in the cave and fight some wolves um uh, I think we should take a vote at this point. Um, we'll put out a Twitter poll and we'll resume recording yeah. when the results are in. Calls cost 50p a second. Um, <laughs> n- no. <laughs> okay, okay. You don't get help on this decision. What are you talking about? Okay. Um, put yourselves together, people. Press your one is now. on your keypad now to stay in the cave. Could I fit through this hole? Is it big enough? Oh, am I too uh, broad? Uh, you're wearing armor, right? Yeah. Uh, you've, you've widened the hole enough that even you could squeeze through, although you should probably go last because... Or you, you should probably go after someone and before someone else because you're going to need people pulling and pushing from both sides in order for you to squeeze through. Okay. Anchor. Does Anchor want to maybe do it? Because I feel like I'm too big. We just need to check that you know there's no walls on this on the other side before. I mean, Anka is relatively small. Yeah, sure. Okay. Okay. Go check Onwards. it. Onwards. Go check it out. Uh, let's make short work of this. Um, Anka goes, squeezes through, slithers through, wiggles through, and discovers that this crevice, just as she suspects just as she suspected, connects with the entrance of the cave. In fact, it's the third of the three forks that you saw when you first got down into these tunnels. Oh, maybe we should have taken that one in. Yeah. 
just as she arrives, she makes an observation check. <laughs> sure. I feel like a wolf is coming. All right. You roll a six. That fails. But, I mean, you establish that this tunnel goes where you said it would, so you return to the others and tell them that everything's okay. Everything is okay. Come on. <laughs> the water's warm. If you can. <laughs> okay. Um, um, Mabel, if we do not beat again. I mean, we should see them out of the cave, right? We shouldn't just say, oh, go down this, this tunnel. It's well, great. It's going to be a bit of a job for me, so I'm just going to say bye now. <laughs> <laughs> you just can't be bothered to squeeze through. Well, it's going to be effort for everyone. Yeah, I mean, he's not wrong. All right. We're coming, you're coming back. Are you coming back? <laughs> anyway, I say something really. No, no, I say something no, really. I'll, I'll stay here. I say something really meaningful to Mabel as she leaves the tunnel. Oh, thank you. <laughs> what do you say? <laughs> I said something really meaningful. Do you whisper it? Is it for her as only? Or yeah, you yeah, tell yeah. Tell the listeners. Yeah, it's like in films when the writers don't act, can't actually think of anything to write, but they just have that scene where one person whispers in someone else's ears and then they start crying. That's what I'm going for. <laughs> oh, such lazy writing. Yeah, tell me about it. Probably Victor, Victor could whisper a lot of things in a woman's ear that could make her start crying. But, uh... Come find me at the, at the camp. Come find me at the Crypt Digger camp. Here's my room key. Um, all right, who's, go who's going through after Anchor, uh, accompanying the, the two shepherds? I'll go Since through. That's, that seems to be the plan. I mean, All right. we, we can try to enlarge the hole. I don't know. Um, it's it's going to take several hours. The the far end of this tunnel uh, through which you entered is um, very narrow. You were able to break open the, the crack at the end, which was connecting it to, to the man-made part, um, but it's still narrow enough that you had to squeeze through the first few feet so what's Vitellius doing? I think Vitellius is going to hang back and uh, keep an eye on the, the approach from the north alright yeah we can chat about how things used he to be he is not particularly invested in the uh, fate of the shepherds and is frankly indifferent um, cool the splitting the party is probably good for, for Ben's sake here because um, as Anchor, Caradon, and the two shepherds enter the um, opening chamber of this cave system for the third and second time, respectively, they come face to face with someone that could not be more welcome in this. Most unpleasant of adventures. Father Christmas. It's none other than Stephen Depretus. <gasps> Yay! Greetings. Oh, Stephen, you won't believe what we've seen. Oh, I've had plenty of years in this cryptic and company. I don't think anything could surprise me. Um, Erilwen went crazy and started pouring acid on his head. Um, Stephen will take a grip check right now. <laughs> he rolled a three. <laughs> Stephen rolled a three. It doesn't matter. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh. Oh, God. Everyone. Even everyone. <laughs> Did you at least it's put, him, put him out of his misery? Oh. Uh, <laughs> We tried. We tried. <laughs> we forgot. I'm not here. We try we tried our hardest. But the, there's there's a strange substance and and there's these wolves. These wolf fetuses. We know about the wolves. Wolf fetuses? 
<laughs> Why would wolf fetuses be the worst thing here? I mean, you could handle them. They, they, they swim through this, this ectoplasm. Ectoplasm. Yes, ectoplasm. Like my good friend Arthur Estricar showed us. Yeah, that one. I see. That's fascinating. So how much, how much of the uh, ectoplasm is there in this place? Oh, shitloads. <laughs> <laughs> if there's shitloads of ectoplasm, there's shitloads of money to be made. We're sitting on a goddamn gold mine. For listening to Abel Chimes. You can find us at abelchimes.com. You can email us at achimingbell at gmail.com or send us a message on Twitter at abelchimes. We do the old Colombian talcum powder. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like that's a bit too much. <laughs>